what is Jamal Adams doing? And in terms of what the Jets should do, holding on to him, taking no action because he's under contract for two more years. It may seem simple, but a lot of issues arise if Joe Douglas and the Jets take that tact. Jamal Adams is back at it again, folks. Social media is his friend. It is his best friend. I don't know why. I don't know what it is with these kids and social media. It's nothing but trouble. It's like that Dan Aykroyd movie in the early 90s. Uh, who was it? Demi Moore, Dan Aykroyd. Chevy Chase. Was it Chevy Chase? I think so. Nothing but trouble. And it's become blatantly obvious that Jamal doesn't just partake in social media. He name searches himself. He searches for the news, his name on social media, Twitter, Instagram, what have you. I don't know how he does it. I don't, I don't know. It's amazing to me. Here's the latest example. On a Instagram account, named Gangrene Empire, which posts a Bleacher Report BNR gridiron quote from Ian Rappaport. Jets view Adams as a huge piece. Gangrene Empire just took the photo and used it. Here's Adams. It's time to move on. Let it go. Appreciate you guys. No hard feelings. Nothing but love. The caption read, amid the Jamal Adams chaos, the Jets have stood pat and still believe Adams is in their future plans. The image reads the quote from Ian Rappaport, which was, what was it, yesterday, I think? The Jets want to hold on to safety Jamal Adams despite his recent trade request. They view Adams as a huge piece, blah, blah, blah. Same story, same thing. For Adams to respond to this random post this random fan account post is amazing to me. It's revealing in a lot of ways too. For to go to this length to search for his name. He wasn't, I don't think he was tagged here. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, he was tagged. He was tagged, but regardless, he's searching. There's evidence of that, that he's searching his name elsewhere when he's not tagged. But in this case, his words seem to me that he's talking to the fan, to the Jet fan. It's time to move on. Let it go. Appreciate you guys. No hard feelings. Nothing but love. Why? Does he have this idea that the Jet fan is some sort of person? And has he gathered in this idea from evidence based purely on social media alone? Listen, th- th- this guy, for the first two years, two and a half years, three years pretty much, aside from the trade deadline from last year, was the perfect coach's dream player any organization could pick in the NFL draft. From his first words to Jets fans while talking to Deion Sanders after he was drafted, after the bro hug with Roger Goodell, that he was going to work hard and never hurt the organization. That was a, those were part of his first words. He will never hurt the organization. 
until this point, it's truly amazing. It's, it's a Chris Depp's Porzingis story. It's an Odell Beckham Jr. story. From coach's dream to perceived nightmare. He's already demonstrated the willingness to do whatever it takes to get his way, to get what he wants. If it's not this, it'll be something else. So when thinking about what the Jets should do right now, because it's reached a point of no return, there are three options. Number one is trade him, obviously, which, you know, after the draft, it's much tougher. Mike Tannenbaum, the last Jets GM to appropriately take a first round offensive lineman, 2006, believes it's going to be really tough for Douglas to get the requisite value for Adams, and I, I agree with him. Um, that's option number one. Option number two is to quickly turn around and pay him, which would, in my eyes, go against everything Joe Douglas stands for and everything Joe Douglas wants the Jets to be in building the culture, in laying that foundation for future generations of players. And option C, which fans keep yelling out, Jets don't have to do anything. He's under contract for two more years. This is not including the franchise tag. Just let it play out. Call his bluff. Make him hold out. He's an employee. That's probably, option C is probably what's going to happen. If only because they can't find a trade partner. And at this point, they're so mad they won't pay him. But there are problems with option C. It's not as simple as fans think. Joe Douglas is not in the driver's seat, as many of you want to say. Option C means sacrificing the message. The message which is build this culture the right way. No, you'll never have all 53 players happy with their contract status. That'll never happen. But that's not what we're discussing here. What we're discussing is a player acting completely detrimental because he's crossing that thin line, that imaginary line you don't cross in this league if you want organizations to like you. He's crossing that line and taking things public. Douglas could create the right culture with guys who are disgruntled about their contract. Of course, every team has players disgruntled about their contract, but it's, it's all done behind closed doors. Once it crosses that line and goes into the public, suddenly the message, everything you're trying to build, the culture, is at risk. And that's what Jamal Adams is doing. He's infringing on Joe Douglas's vision, his plan. Joe Douglas, the, the Turk from Hard Knocks, Baltimore Ravens, 2001, the year after they won the Super Bowl, waited 20 years for this job. Jamal Adams is going into his fourth year in, in the NFL. Joe Douglas will be damned if he gets screwed over after waiting 20 years for his first shot by a player who's trying to bully him around publicly. 
And don't get me wrong, the Jets love Jamal Adams. Last year in the preseason, the green and white scrimmage, which uh, I forget if they called it the green and white, but it was that weekend. You know, you, you see Jamal Adams after the game doing everything you want one of your star players to do. Meeting with the fans, signing autographs, doing everything. When the beat, when we interviewed him after the game, he, he was he was dancing, he was having a good time, he was in the groove, he, he was just happy. It, it's exactly what you want your culture to be. And when I was walking off the field, one of the Jets officials, I turned to him and said, man, that guy's a special guy to build around. And this Jets official said to me, and you know what? It's real too. It's not manufactured. And I believe it. Jets fans believe it. But as great as he was for the culture is as detrimental as he is right now and as he will be moving forward. Which is why option C does not work. The only way option C works is if Adams magically falls in line and or Joe Douglas and Jamal have a face-to-face, heart-to-heart, and work things out. Which we sort of saw before. Remember, Jamal at the trade deadline was so upset, so emotional, things got out of hand. He and Douglas talked. They worked it out. Adams was upbeat and ready and after the season, January, February, believing the contract was going to come. The pandemic hit. And this is the other thing. Do the Jets deserve blame? If they truly promised him a hard-lined first offer in January or February and didn't come through, do they deserve blame? Or is the pandemic a legit excuse? I'm not going to provide an opinion on that yet because I don't know what the truth is. And it, it was before the pandemic as well. On conference calls, during free agency, during the draft, the question would always come up. When are you going to talk to Adams and his camp? Joe Douglas kept saying after the draft. And that was during the pandemic. So what's happened? Have they discussed? We don't know. We know they haven't discussed dollar, dollar numbers, dollar amounts. Because the timing is all wrong. Jamal wants it now. Jamal believes he deserves it now. And the Jets want to wait until after the third year. When it's more common. Only 15 of a possible 191 first round picks from, what was it, 2011 through 2017. Roughly that range, six or seven seasons, have received extensions before their fourth year in the league. It's very rare. But it's, you know, displeasure with a contract, no problem. It happens. Publicly willing to do whatever it takes to get your way, displaying emotion when an emotionless state benefits you more at the bargaining table 
this is all stuff that's going to clash and contrast with the Jets and Joe Douglas's message of culture, building the right culture, building the best culture in sports. In terms of possible trade partners, who the hell knows? And any speculation is just absurd. I mean, it could be discussed, it could be talked about, but anything that anyone takes to heart would just be ludicrous. The latest team to join the fray, the imaginary get-me-clicks on this headline fray, is the Bucks? Jamal Adams would love to join Tom Brady's Buccaneers as Ryan Clark, an ESPN analysis, former Pittsburgh Steelers safety, filled everyone in. Um, the Bucks were interestingly missing from his initial list. That included the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Texans, 49ers, Chiefs, and Seahawks. Obviously, Adams does not have a no-trade clause. This is the NFL. It's very rare. But Adams felt the need to get that message out that, hey, yeah, I'll play for the Bucks and, and with Tom Brady. If Douglas and the Jets are now completely fed up, which I don't think they are, and I don't think they'll ever let emotions get the better of them, Joe Douglas doesn't do that. The organization doesn't do that. Then where would they send them? In terms of trying to conjure up ideas, think up ideas, the dream would be offense, right? See, before the draft, the possibilities loomed larger, more numerous. You could trade them, get a king's ransom of picks, and let Joe D do his thing. Post-draft, so much tougher. Everyone's teams are not set in stone, but set, ready to roll for week one. So you have to find a team with enough cap space. Even though Adams has already said he doesn't uh, mind playing for the right team and waiting for a contract, which is the nail in the coffin that he doesn't want to play for the Jets. And maybe that he didn't, he hasn't wanted to since the trade deadline. He was promised a deal in January or February. What's happened between then and now to make him go off like this in the last week or two? I don't know. So maybe this was his plan all along. But the dream, I'd say, for a return regarding, regarding Adams is Chris Godwin. It won't happen. The Bucks love Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is an absolute stud. He's one of the best receivers in the league. Penn State. Third round pick, too, folks. Remember. And and that's what what I was saying. It goes back to my point and a lot of other people's point about drafting receiver over offensive line in the first round. Get their offensive linemen. Receivers, especially for such a deep receiver class, receivers could be had. Stud receivers could be had in the mid-rounds, especially based on the O-line, how good their O-line and quarterback are. Their ceilings get higher. So Chris Godwin for Adams, how about it, Tampa? I mean, you drafted Tyler Johnson. You have Mike Evans. uh, Justin Watson. You have the, you know, you got rid of Brashard Perryman. Hey, 
Jets will throw in Brashard Perryman, too, while they're at it. Perryman and Adams for Godwin. Deal. It's not like Tampa doesn't like Perryman. The reason Perryman's no longer there is because Godwin, Evans, and Perryman are outside threats. You need, of your three receivers, you need one of them to be a slot guy. You need one of them to take to the slot a lot more. And that trio doesn't work together. Notice how Perryman didn't bust out until the end of the season. He didn't bust out until one of those guys got injured. Why? Because when those three guys are healthy, one of them doesn't fit. And Perryman trying to play the slot doesn't work. So that's the main reason they got got rid of him and the Jets signed him. Perryman can go back, replace Godwin, and the Bucks get Adams. They don't have much cap room. Um, what is it, under $5 million? It's not much at all. I, I do remember that. But, hey, make that trade. And play the season. And then start negotiating with your new star safety, Jamal Adams, in the offseason. Yeah, cap space, $4.8 million for the Bucks right now. Other possibilities, other guy, other teams on his list, the Seahawks, tough. Eagles, another tough one. Texans, hey, it's Bill O'Brien. Texans on the list, that's an opening. Uh, maybe Bill O'Brien sends the Jets to Sean Watson. Um, you know. An outrageous number of players for Jamal. You never know. Cowboys, obviously. It's interesting Cowboys aren't listed first. Maybe he just wanted to sneak them in there, put them second, so it's not completely transparent. Ravens listed first, obviously. How would a Hollywood Brown and a draft pick for Adams look like? I like Hollywood Brown, but he's not that, not even near the level of Adams. Uh, 49ers, Debo Samuel, and obviously you keep hearing me listening, uh, listing, listing off receivers because if you're going to trade Adams, and even though I think the receiving core is a lot better than people think for the Jets, if you're going to trade them, that's the spot you're going to look for. A receiver, may, even maybe an offensive lineman, a stud offensive lineman, or an edge corner in the mix as well. But after the draft, now, you, now you're looking at players. Now you need an impact player to make this deal work. Before the draft, you didn't need an impact player. And pulling off player-for-player player deals, star-for-star star deals, star-player-for-star-player star player deals, like Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis, that's a tough thing in the NFL. Um, Steelers. Steelers on the list? One, two, three, four, five, six. No, Steelers are not on the list, but... Interesting because that's where the name Juju always comes up. Juju and Darnold, that connection. But, hey, just another day. Another day in the world of the Jets. And another day in the world of the Jets and Jamal Adams. Highly emotional. Highly combustible ready to bust out at any moment. You like it on the field. It works for him on the field. It doesn't work 
in the offseason. The man's already demonstrated a willingness to do whatever it takes to get his way. Guys are disgruntled all the time with contracts. But crossing that imaginary line and taking business into the public on top of name searching yourself in social media and playing those petty games with social media and replying to random people, it's reached a point of no return. And that's that's the other thing. Making these decisions during this pandemic where everything's still locked down and you haven't had a chance to talk to people face-to-face, talk to your employer face-to-face, is another thing that has to rub Jets fans the wrong way. As does Adams asking for this money, demanding it during a pandemic when so many New Yorkers and New Jerseyans are struggling, are unemployed, are hungry. So if Jamal's doing this intentionally to get the fan base even angrier at him, he's doing one hell of a job, and it's working. The Jets... I know they won't respond until they have a chance to talk to him face-to-face. I know they won't respond in an emotional way. And for that, you applaud. You applaud Joe Douglas. What he does, contrary to the belief of so many Jets fans who say, just hold on to him, you have him under contract, remains to be seen. Because that option C, holding on to him, clashes with your message, with your culture message, with what you're trying to do, unless he falls in line, which is tough to see happening right now. Stay tuned. More Jamal Adams to come in the coming days. Until next time.